everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 80 for Tuesday, September 22nd. I'm Alex Uwe, here today with Alex Rudy and Ray Estrada. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Rudy Rudy is not doing good. We'll, we'll just we'll put pretty that bad. out there right now. Pretty bad, not pretty, gonna lie. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Only took week two for my entire football experience this year to be obliterated. I guess it's good to just get done and over with quickly, so. Yeah, and hey, it wasn't obliterated for, like, COVID reasons, at least. Like, they made it that far. So far. So far. It, there's still there's still plenty of time. But we are a baseball podcast, not an NFL podcast, so put, Saquon on, the, put Saquon on the back burner, Rudy, and uh, it will come out fired. The Yankees, the Yankees did amazing things. Think, think happy thoughts. So we're... Uh, we're here in the last week of the regular season, I know, already already come and gone. So we're going to talk the playoff picture because there are still some things that can change a lot in this last week. Uh, and like we had talked about all year leading up to it, the the density of the schedule leading up down the stretch because of early postponements and in uh, covid related things was was gonna get messy and it is messy we'll try to do our best to explain things in a way that makes sense because they don't really make sense to us either and you know also we'll talk about the teams that are just looking like they're killing it going into the playoffs we have to talk about the yankees and and what they did to turn their uh their season around really because <laughs> they did it spectacularly Ooh, and uh Josh Donaldson had some very uh, strong words for the umpires, and most of that sentiment is uh, is warranted because the umpires have been atrocious this year. So we'll talk about all that, and we'll also play a little stack game later on too, a little treat. Let's let's start with the postseason though, which will begin with the wild card rounds on is it next Wednesday, next Tuesday. Which day? Tuesday. Tuesday. September 29th, the AL series start, and then the next day, the NL series start. Mm hmm. Yeah. And in case you didn't know, um, there will be a lot of games from the wildcard this year. And <laughs> there's 16 teams making the playoffs. There will be days with eight playoff games on the same day, which is, that's just a lot of, that's a lot of baseball for, for anybody. A lot um, of baseball. Especially when it's high leverage baseball that like people actually want to uh, want to be tuned in for, maybe more so than the regular season, and um, you know the the teams that end up there. I'll I'll keep it simple. The American League is pretty much locked in in terms of the teams that will be there that that have that have made the playoffs, um, and those will be the. You know, just in no particular order here, they will be the A's, the Astros, the White Sox, the Twins, the Indians, the Rays, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays. So, at least we know what teams are there. There's some some possibilities about how they they match up in their first uh, in their first series, which in a three game set is going to matter a lot. I'm let's just let's just start by asking like who are the scariest teams to run into in a three game set out of these American League teams, in your opinion. What do you think, Rudy? Mm. 
to to be clear in this current playoff format. Um, wait, which teams or does every team able to play the three game series or does the first seeds get a buy? I'm so confused on that. So every team it's is like, playing like the wild card round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Rays are terrifying because of the pitching staff. So like you might just not get any, and the bullpen just might not get any offense going. I feel like in this sample size, to me, like that's what would scare me the most. Obviously, the Dodgers seem like this year's juggernaut, and I think the Padres have the have you know momentum, and I think baseball is one of the sports where that means the most and just a hot team that is confident self and playing well um, can really make a big difference. But I mean, three is kind of, I don't know. I don't feel restricted to three. If I have to pick five teams off the top of my head that I would not want, that I think you really have no chance of beating in three games. I'm going those three and, the, and then the White Sox and the Yankees based on the season's performance. I think those teams just have too much talent over everyone else as of now. Okay, well, not a bad take, but I will say, Rudy, you're off your game. I was asking about the American League, and was, you know, we're, we're going league by league here, but... And the Yankees, Rays, and White Sox. Okay, cool. Just just wanted to make sure, but we, at least we know what we're, what we're doing next with the National League. But, yeah, I tend to agree that the three-game set is really just going to be all about the pitching, and who can really just lock down a team with their their top arms they don't you don't have to see your fourth and fifth best starters at all maybe not even your third best yeah you probably will but it's like the indians are not one of the top seeded teams but they seem like one of the scariest to me just because they have this uh this guy named shane bieber i don't know if you've heard of him he's pretty good uh he's just lights out he he is the, the scariest person there and you know, the Yankees getting a guy like Garrett Cole was going to be valuable for any playoff series that you go to. But, you know, you'd hope even in a three in a three game set this year, you're like, hey, that's got to be that's got to be a guarantee for us. He, he has to be that guy. Um, and there's really not like a whole lot of of other pitchers in the in the American League that I can even think of stacking up. As, as well as those two. You could argue, yeah, the Rays overall just have really dominant pitching. Uh, Glasnow's probably as dominant, and like you said, their bullpen is just insanely deep. Um, but other than that, like, I don't... The White Sox have Giolito, but um, he, he might be the, the next closest guy there, but the rest of the White Sox pitching is uninspired. The A's and the Astros really also don't have like amazing starting pitching this year which is kind of uh kind of unusual so if if you're asking me it's it's the indians it's the yankees and the rays uh what do you think ray uh i mean yeah the indians I, i'm looking at teams that are you know you think you could steal through a game series the rays are the one seed i mean yeah it's because of the pitching but also like they they hit well too. You don't want to face the best team in the American League in a three game series, I wouldn't think. But you know, if you're one of those top teams, I wouldn't want to face Cleveland. Um, I mean, you have Beaver, you have Plesac in there, you have Tris McKenzie who came out of nowhere, you have guys like that, and uh, Carlos Carrasco threw a good game last night. Mm-hmm. You, um, they have a 
super deep pitching. That's not a team you want to face in a three-game series. Um, Toronto stacked up on pitching, but, I mean, I don't know how scary they are as an eight seed. And, I mean, Houston is limping its way into the sixth spot. But, yeah, I mean, Rays, really good pitching. And that's why they're at the top of the the American League. But Cleveland is that is that team down towards the bottom half where – you want some shuffling to happen to not face them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really makes you think too. Like the the few teams that are in contention to push to that number one overall seed. I know it's not going to get you a buy, but if it lets you play the Blue Jays, uh, that's a big it's a big difference between potentially having to play the Astros or the Indians. Uh, that's a huge drop off there. So that's something else to keep an eye on. So yeah, let's let's go right ahead and talk National League now, which is a lot more complicated. There are a lot, a lot of teams still, still technically in it, of course, uh, with some time left. But realistically, within striking distance, um, looks like the Giants, the Reds, the Phillies, the Brewers, probably those four teams are realistically competing for the last two spots, and, yeah, and the Cardinals, yeah. the Cardinals as well, don't don't have any security at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly, all, I didn't yeah. say the Marlins. Who are twenty eight and twenty five right now, but they're they're looking pretty good. <laughs> they're looking like they uh they actually yeah. mean they, they are. In the all, short I season. mean that is that is only a game ahead of Philadelphia for second in the East. Mm-hmm. So the Marlins I and mean, there's a lot of shuffling that can happen in the National League. And you know to give perspective, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, San Francisco, all at five hundred right now. Yeah, Philadelphia a game above five hundred. St. Louis two. And we talked about this before we started. St. Louis is going to play two fewer games this year due to COVID um, cancellations. And nobody else's, which we couldn't quite figure out, but it means that they refigured somebody else's schedule to play full 60 games. Yeah, it is um, pretty strange. I, yeah. I still don't know uh, where those The Marlins are three games above 500. Everybody else above that has, has 30 wins. Um, so five through eight, and then the next two out, Milwaukee and San Francisco on tiebreakers right now because – um, obviously they're tied with Cincinnati in terms of winning percentage um, any of those could change in the next week yeah so if you're if you're interested in in the final week of September baseball you're watching you're watching National League baseball for sure um, and you know we already we already touched on the uh, the big scary teams in the the NL West the Dodgers and the Padres uh, maybe maybe get to them in a little bit but i'm going to i'm going to ask of these let's let's say the six teams that we'd mentioned um who are contending for four spots really um which one between the cardinals the marlins the reds the phillies the brewers or the giants which one of those stands the best chance against some of the other top of the division teams uh, I'll ask you first, Ray. Uh, Cincinnati with their starting pitching, again in a three-game set, you only you only need to win two games. So, and in reality, you only need two good starting pitchers, and a third one in case one of them doesn't win. But Cincinnati, they have Bauer, Cy Young candidate. Uh, is Sonny Gray going to be back for the playoffs? He is. He's actually he returning today. Okay. So yeah, Sonny Gray has been very good this year, and then. Luis Castillo is your third guy, then I think you're good. Uh, Cincinnati's terrifying. Um, 
Miami. We they have young electric arms in a three game set. They can they can easily steal a wild card round. And again, the Marlins have never lost a postseason series in their history. So <laughs> there's also that. That's their ace in the hole. Could you imagine just oh jeez <laughs> the Marlins going all the way? Man, oh man. But you're re- you're really right about the Marlins. Sixto Sanchez just could be he could just be incredibly dominant and he's looked really good so far maybe it's just enough runway to like give him one of those prodigious rookie season playoff stretches you know that's it's very possible and you know I would I would say I like teams like the Phillies and Cardinals for the same reason the the difference is their bullpen is just awful it's beyond awful like yeah. the Phillies have had just the worst bullpen, and the Cardinals, you know, maybe not the worst bullpen, but they've had their flaws for sure, um, and really haven't been looking sharp at all. Their offense has nothing to ignite it, and they're gonna have to. I, I'm not inspired by them at all, even though they're they're locked in, or they're looking like they're gonna possibly have a spot in the, in the playoffs this year, um, you know. That that's that's what I think, uh, Rudy. Any any other points on these on these contending teams? Well, I would say you know the Yankees, the Rays, the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think there's anything else to really add there. So, I, I will think... add that it is 2020, and the Giants are looking like they want to get into the playoffs this year. And I do think, though, like, uh, while, like, the only thing to base this off of is for sure, like, the ace pitching staffs uh, carrying the teams, I, I totally agree with that logic. I think there is, like, something you said that I feel like historically, I feel like a lot of the guys who dominate the regular season don't necessarily perform in the playoffs for whatever reason. So we'll see if, like, a lot of these teams that rely on young pitchers who've been lights out this year, if they can handle the pressure. Because um, even guys in playing Kershaw's, you know, ability during his prime infamously haven't been able to carry that always over to the playoffs. Anyone can get lit up on any bad day. I, I do think it is a, an unknown of the three-game series, whereas all these other you know, past playoff performances that have underwhelmed have been in, you know, five-game, seven-game series, whether it's game ones or, you know, Tiger series. This is something that a weird season, you know, maybe do they treat it like a regular regular season three-game series and just go out there and, and shove, or is is it ramped up? I'm sure it is, but it's that's an interesting thing to look out for. Yeah, and something else too is just this is this is two months into the the season that the playoffs are starting. This isn't after 162 games of wear and tear on in 200 innings on, on a lot of your ace pitchers' arms. It, we might see some incredible pitching from that from that, or maybe we won't. We will see worse pitching because they they haven't had as much time to really lock in to to get to their their apex of a season. Yeah, I, I think another interesting thing is looking at the matchups, which teams haven't seen each other. Which which uh, wild card rounds are going to be 
um, between divisions, and you know, you know, that'll certainly be interesting because right now, you look, if you look at the American League, the Rays are matched up with Toronto, a team they've obviously seen a lot this year, and the White Sox are a team that are matched up with Cleveland. That could switch, and then you have the unknown of teams that haven't seen each other all year might might play each other in a three game series mm-hmm. with the playoff with playoff lies on the line. Yeah, also also a really good point. So, really a lot more factors to think about this year than any other season. And that that's all we can do, right? All we can do is sit back and enjoy some some really exciting baseball. Um <laughs> which is which is strange. We're we're enjoying this alongside uh the NBA playoffs or we will be anyway. And, <laughs> and that that'll be a weird new new thing. So, excited for it. Let's talk about Josh Donaldson next, who, if you didn't see it earlier this week, got ejected after hitting a home run, a go-ahead home run in a tight game, because he kicked dirt on home plate as he crossed the plate, as a as a protest of the, the umpire's terrible performance. The, so... Earlier in the game, as you'd imagine, umpires out there making terrible calls against Donaldson, as pretty much every umpire has seemingly done this year, just out there making horrible calls. And Josh Donaldson's not happy about it. He, uh, his manager, came out, made sure that he didn't get ejected during his at bat while he, while they were, while they were chatting about it. Goes and hits the home run, kicks dirt on home plate. Uh, he actually goes back to touch the plate because. He he actually missed it, kicking dirt onto the plate, and the umpire was just not having any of it. He he threw him out right there. Donaldson didn't get fumed. He was like, "All right, cool. Like, you know, if if that if that's what you got to do, then then fine." But he was not going to stand for for what was going on. And then he proceeded the the next day to make some pretty pretty strong comments on the this. The umpires this year, and kind of in general, um, essentially stating that one, they really don't have any accountability. There is no reprimand for poor perform- performances by umpires, and secondly, it, it seemed he said it seems like they don't care at all, and they just want the game to be over with. And he talks about how that's really unfortunate, but that's the way he sees it. So. We can just take our turns trashing umpires this year. I, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Do you think? Do you think Donaldson was too harsh? Maybe that's a good first question uh, towards umpires. What, what do you think, Ray? Uh, I think he's certainly exaggerated um, to to make his point. Um, I don't know how much of an effect umpires have on like performance that affects contract status. That's kind of what he was hinting at. Um, obviously, those those calls are bad, and he's right about there's no accountability in terms of in the MLB. I think, you know, just to bring it more generally, the younger umpires that are coming up now that are making that are debuting, they're vetted a lot better because they're coming through the minor leagues with data, and not you know like previous years where it's like, oh yeah, I think you're a good umpire and you're going to come up. This is. I mean, I think the next generation of umpires should be better, assuming that robot umpires don't just replace them before they have a chance to fully 
populate the league, but um, I think you over-exaggerated in terms of how he said umpires affect the game and players, but he was kind of spot on with the accountability uh, criticism. Hmm. Do you, do you feel the same, Rudy, or a little bit different? This might be this might be an unpopular opinion, but I actually think Josh Donaldson was wrong in the situation. I, I don't really. I'm all for umpire bashing, but at some point, like there's an onus of responsibility of the players to be the better person, and if you just like sink to this level every time the umpire doesn't make good calls. I don't like, I don't like you. You're just a baby, in my opinion. Like he hit a home run anyway, so clearly, it didn't, like, ruin. Like, I I get like not every time you hit a home run, like you know, two horrible strike calls can really affect you. But in the long run, like, one single bat is in the regular season game is probably not going to matter that much. And I just think like, while it's very entertaining to see this, Josh Donaldson is honestly a baby. He's supposed to be a leader. He's like a he's a grown man. He's in his thirties. He won an MVP. It's not very becoming of a guy who's supposed to be one of the best players in the league to like behave like this, um, regardless if it's warranted or not. Like, get over it. It's be a like be a grown up. I mean, Mike Trout would never do anything like this. It's not classy. I mean, I'm all for it because it's entertaining, but I don't think there's really any arguments to be made that he behaved in like a positive way. That is that is a take that is really. It sounds like it's really not from the perspective of a professional athlete because they they operate on such such levels of like competitive fumes basically like while they play that that's the last thing on their mind is is how there it's is going no to sport affect where it's acceptable to show up the referee or umpire like he did i don't care if you believe in that or not there's no there's no sport where it's acceptable but it no happens in every sport you can do that you can't just, just like what he, his equivalent of what he did to the plate is the equivalent of in soccer, if you know you threw a yellow card back at the ref, or in, the, in basketball, if you th- chuck the basketball at the ref. I mean, you just can't do that. No, that's not like, the that's not no, the equivalent. We're, we're, we're it's not, not the, that's that's yeah. a huge huge leap. We're not, we're not in, arguing in that. No, you're <laughs> saying. You just said that. You I think was kicking dirt on the plate is as extreme as as those other things. Rudy, Rudy. Shows we're, not arguing whether, we're not arguing whether this was an ejectable offense. It obviously was. We're talking about the comments on umpires and whether, like, he was I think that's all part of the same yeah. thing. Well, now I'm talking about this. I didn't realize that, okay. that you felt that strongly that kicking some dirt on home plate is as egregious as, like, hurling a yellow card or hurling a basketball it's out of play. It's all symbolic value. Yeah, it is. And I think, this, like, the symbolic nature of it is not to be petty or to be immature. It is. It is just that. It's to to show the umpire, but also just like to show everyone that hey, this is not okay, and like you know you're you're interfering with the frankly like the the really competitive nature of down the stretch playoff games, and you're you're like pinning them you're like pinning the the odds against me and that is not okay with me like i'm gonna stand up for myself and for my teammates that's that's the player perspective obviously the optics are not good it looks childish yeah that is what a child would do is kick dirt on home plate but the message 
has to has to come across somehow like you can't just sit there and take it constantly right like it, it would would you would you say the same thing if if he if he didn't do didn't do this one act and didn't get ejected but went out and said these things about umpires after the fact like is that more respectable to basically just so shit on I, them after the fact I cut out well say that scenario again if he didn't kick dirt and get ejected and do any of that, but still had these really strong comments about how like miserable umpires have been and how detrimental they've been to to players and to to the sport, like do you think like if if anything, I you know the comments are the stronger portion of this than the symbolic you know kicking dirt on home plate, well, getting ejected, whatever it is. I don't think you, I, I'm not in favor of publicly criticizing the referees. I don't think that's like productive to the sport. This assumption that like the umpire's goal is to directly like hurt your chances of succeeding is absurd. And no, it's not. It's not that it's not their intention the is, is, is that the implication is that they don't care, which I, I frankly like am, am empathizing with context. Of course, they don't care if the individual player succeeds. They care about doing their job the best. He's assuming. No, they, no, he's he's outright saying he doesn't like that. Umpires yeah, don't care about getting things right. To make. You're really telling me you believe that these people who are professionals are not trying to do their job to the best of their abilities that's that's insulting to them you know i mean i'm not trying to defend the umpires like they're perfect but they're humans they make mistakes josh johnson makes an error sometimes does that mean he's not trying his job i mean that's ludicrous no i i'm not saying okay i'll i'll go ahead and say i don't agree that umpires blatantly don't care but based on the performance they clearly have no urgency to to correct the the mistakes that they're making and frankly it's baffling that in this day and age where robot umpires more mistakes than they made like no there's not ago. i don't i don't think there there is well, it's just is it's just correct? more visible it's more visible yeah, now so that's but that's not the umpire's fault that's our standards of of their abilities changing and they're probably unrealistic because now we can overanalyze every single mistake they make and criticize them for it that's ridiculous yeah it's not that's that the onus is on us and i i really don't believe you know, I am taking like the straw man's like all, like devil's advocate, but I really am not in favor of players ever doing this behavior publicly. Like him. I don't. I mean, it's just not becoming of a professional in my in my opinion. I, especially like this is, it's one thing, and I'll stop writing it. But it's one thing if like this decided like the World Series, given the stakes of the occasion, it's in my opinion still at the end of the day just like pretty like lame on josh johnson like you still hit a home run like you really telling me that you need to say the umpires are this big of losers to you i mean that's really and also he's a moron because that do you think they're ever gonna give him a good call in favor of him after yeah. he throws them all in sure. the bus i mean it's, that's it's fair dumb. <laughs> yeah that's that's a fair point maybe not definitely not the smartest even just for for his own personal personal reasons but again it's not just he he had a bad call against him and he flipped out it's a it's a accumulation an accumulation of a ton of just really bad calls this year that are that are certainly more visible and more more measurable than ever before and now that they're being measured like it ain't good and i was going to say before it's baffling that like there's seemingly like the umpires seemingly care less about 
how how well they're performing when robot umpires are breathing down their necks quite literally like i am i am 150 percent for automating the strike zone at this point you can still leave physical umpires out there to, to make the calls like you need you need a person there still yeah automate the strike zone because it has been atrocious this year it, it, not just because like i've seen more like and even if it is the case that doesn't make it okay to like miss as many calls regularly like routinely missing calls um that just straight up are wrong so you know umpires do better like this, like straight up if like donaldson's the one who, who came out and said it and i'm sure a lot of mlb players agree with him and are trying to to take the the high road like rudy's saying and just you know understand it's part of the game that they're humans and just accept it um but you know if you just kind of let that let that keep happening and nobody talks about it then nothing changes so pow it's a it's a very powerful thing to to come out and make comments like that awful for his own best interest like you mentioned umpires probably are going to hold it against him personally because they they tend to do that they they tend to uh tend to enjoy throwing players and managers out of games who they don't like um and that's just an observation from from forever like <laughs> that's not a new thing either um you know the the ump show is a is a long-standing um part of baseball culture so yeah umpires overall do better that's all i gotta say anything else there before we can uh before we can move on no i just okay. don't just i just don't agree with you guys on this but that's fine we can move on about the run circles like do you think do you think the umpires should be like commended right now do you think do you think no, the, the reverse should be happening i just think like this ad like why like it doesn't make sense to me that we think that shitting on people for not doing their jobs good enough is going to motivate them to be better at it i mean that's just not how like people work and maybe not motivating them but motivating the, the, the league to Josh hold them accountable. Donaldson having public comments has nothing to do with the like won't have, doesn't have any effect just shitting on them they have a collective bargaining agreement with the league they were unionized like that's not that's just not productive and people have been shitting on umpires and referees and leagues for years it doesn't doesn't change the status quo so maybe if he reach you know maybe if the players union reached out to the umpires union and tried to you know find some common ground of things they'd like to see done differently that would actually change it not whatever this bullying crap is i i mean the umpires do better thing i just think is like you're just, it's just a scapegoat to like complain about the game for i mean like it's just fun to shit on them for not being perfect but like if i it's adding entertainment value to the league so if anything they're doing a good job no one would no one would be talking about umpires doing you know calling great calls the only call you know the only thing they talk about is them doing bad calls yeah it, that's that's just kind of it's kind of the nature of the job and you make enough bad calls i'm not nobody's saying that they they have to be perfect they got to be better than they have been because they've some of them like the ones in particular where where you see pitch after pitch just really bad calls like that's got to that's got to change somewhere yeah there, there's been a lot of videos circulating like you said just because it's it's a hot button topic right now and, and you know people are watching these games they're, they're not they're not secret of just really really bad calls like there's a compilation going around of pitches that were 
marked as like middle of the zone by by pitch fx that were called balls and just watching the compilation of that is pretty hilarious just seeing the announcers reactions seeing everybody's reactions some of them are you know more understandably missed because of like cross-ups or whatever else but that's that's going around Kyle, and, uh, Kyle Lewis the other day struck out on three straight pitches outside the strike zone and the the Padres announcers they were playing the Padres the Padres announcers were the ones that were just on broadcast saying like this that is terrible like that like <laughs> what what just happened um and when it gets to that point you're like okay what's what's actually going on here like it's visible it's it's not just like a few pitches here and there that everybody's like picking out um like it's 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 visible all right let's let's talk let's talk about something happier maybe yeah or do we want to we can shit on umpires more i can do it all day i'll wrap up by okay hedging towards rudy and saying that the i do think it's too much of a trend of shitting on umpires i do think they they should do better but also i think people get way too excited to try and shit on umpires that's all that's my closing statement Mm -hmm. yeah as like as a player i like i i loved i didn't love shitting on umpires but i would i was not afraid to like show like show umpires that like no you were not that was yeah yeah like not i'm not not out there kicking dirt on the plate or like yelling at umpires or anything like that but like if i think you messed up like i don't have to be like gracious and like well you know like i i'm just gonna like you know and you know say you know you i'll do whatever you say like great job sir like you know like i'll get upset about it and it's not personal it's not if the umpires want to take it personal sure but I'm, I'm not, like, if you're out there competing and you're in the moment and you get like a bad call against you, then you're going to be mad and you're going to react like that. That just happens. Um, so I think it's it, it's definitely some some sort of balance there in, in terms of just like you can get you can get animated. Just, just don't take it personally. Like people don't need to take that stuff nearly as personally as Josh Donaldson did. Um, I guess it ha- it's happened to him enough lately where he he felt personally attacked. All right, let's let's talk a little little happier stuff right now. At least for me, anyway. The Yankees had a series last week, which is unlike anything that I've ever seen before. They hit 19 home runs in a single three-game series against the Blue Jays. That is a record. I think the previous record was 17, um, and they and they clearly did that. And that included uh, an inning in the third game of the series where they hit five home runs in one inning against the Blue Jays. It was a, a streak of six hitters where only one one batter did not hit a home run. That is ridiculous. Um, I don't know, Rudy. What was the uh, what was the energy like for you when when seeing this this kind of huge turnaround happen? Um, I, to be honest, I wasn't really. This might be a cop out, but I wasn't really that concerned going into it. I kind of, you know, accepted that this was kind of a crazy season and that this was pretty in line with their previous performance of kind of being a little streaky. And so, I mean, I was really, ha- I know I'm not trying to say I wasn't like really happy. And like, it was very enjoyable for sure to see them win 10 in a row and just like. Sh- absolutely destroy the ball and mash it like i'm not trying to say like i didn't enjoy it but i don't think 
I wasn't I, like a zero, like dejected, like the Yankees are such a failure this year. Like I can't take this. Like I'm so disappointed. Like I was, you know, they just started doing what I was like expecting them to be able to do. Um, and so like, cause I think if like you take it as a whole overall, their season, you still would have probably expected them to be better than the Rays, you could argue. So, I mean, even after that, I still think their season is about, is fine. Um, I mean, it was great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be clear, yeah, I mean, it was great. It's great to see Luke Voigt and DJ LeMayhew just being some of the best hitters in the game. And Clint Frazier warms my heart to see him finally perform. But, you know, all that matters as a Yankee fan, unfortunately, is winning the World Series. That's just the standard. And uh, and until I see that, I'm not going to celebrate yet. Ah, uh, okay. One of one of those Yankees fans for sure. Um, very, very respectable, respectable take. Um, very measured take. I was just like, like, what is happening constantly? As as they just kept raining in, like I couldn't even couldn't even comprehend what was going on um, with. The players like you mentioned just playing out of their minds and just abusing awful pitching staffs um i guess a little, like a little context too the yankees were on a pretty horrible offensive slide and just a losing streak before um before their recent winning streak where um the the yankees reddit fandom converted into a yankee candle store subreddit so um that's how bad things got uh that's it was great to see that turn around and not have to see discussion threads about which which false scents were the uh, the best to get, um, you know, this year. So <laughs> that's that's just your uh, your little weekly Yankees fan uh, rant update. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a fair crack too, Ray. Anything just about the Dodgers that you want to uh, that you're really happy about that that you want to rant about? Uh, they should probably wrap up the, the division this week, and I'm looking forward to meeting the Rays in the World Series. Okay, that's that's or a very... losing horribly in a three game series in the wild card round to it's the Marlins. Anywhere. One or the other. You should lose to the Marlins. That would be fun. No, he's not amused. Okay, let's 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 wrap up with with a stat game. As promised, we are going to do just just two categories. It, it, it might not be much of a game. Because if, if each of you get one of these right, then, then it's a tie, and then we don't really have anything. But we are going to do the unlucky stat game edition of 2020, where we will be looking at uh, BABIP, for the most part. That's batting average on balls in play. It's one of the, the better luck indicators uh, in the game. There are other ones. There are some other things that are a little harder to measure, too, that aren't easy to play stat game with. But, but these are the these are the ones that we're going with today. So if you don't know how this works, I'm going to be looking at the leaderboard and you guys are going to be guessing players who have the well first we'll do the lowest BABIP amongst hitters this season. Qualified hitters, by the way. So yeah, whenever whenever you guys are ready really, um I'm I'm all set here. So which we'll go ahead and alternate um maybe do three players each and, and see who does the best um and who has the lowest babbit this year um we'll, we'll start with rudy this time uh i'm gonna go with max muncie 
Okay, that's that is that is a very solid one right there. He is the second worst Babip at 207 this year. So we'll give we'll give each of you like three players and see who does the best on average. I think that might be a good good way to do it. All right, Ray, who do you think? Uh, I have no clue. Josh Donaldson. Is he Josh Donaldson? Um, he might be. I don't know. He's not on this list though. He's not in the top 30, sorting Ooh. by Fangraphs. So that's that's a miss right there. <laughs> um, I've been so checked out of stats season because of a variety of reasons, but yeah. So I just no think of think of players, think of players who just you know who you'd expect to to be pretty good, who have just not been good at all. That's that's generally how it goes. Um. We can let let's snake back, and I'll give Ray another one. We'll go back to Rudy. Okay, yeah, you're, up or Ray's no, up again. I'm up. Your tip didn't help me. I'm just gonna go with what I think. Is it Paul Goldschmidt? Paul Goldschmidt is is also not here. He's not on not on the top thirty. Yeah, not a great start, Ray. Not gonna lie. Um, Rudy, who do you think? Uh, Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, that's number one. Rudy's just killing it with with the Babbitt's right. And I think it. Do you own both these players in your fantasy? Yes. League? Okay, that <laughs> explains a lot. Yeah, two o two Babbitt this year. He, he strikes out a lot, but he's also just not getting any hits on the balls he's putting in play. By the way, batting averages for each of these players: Eugenio Suarez is hitting one ninety five, Max Muncy's hitting one eighty nine. So, not good, not good. Uh, give each of you one more, Rudy. So let's see if you can guess just the third highest Babbitt in really uh, uh or third lowest Babbitt. Uh, mm, I kind of was just basing off my fan. I have one other morning <laughs> fancy player, uh, Ramon Laurel. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Which A do I want to go for? Let's go with Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon is. Is actually not in the, the yeah. bottom bottom thirty of Babbitt. Was Ramon was just out of curiosity? Was Ramon Laureano mm, in the bottom? Of... No, he was not oh, either. Okay. Not okay. I was gonna I say one Okay, well, who's who's your last last player? I guess Ray. See if you can get one on the board in the top. 30. Cody Bellinger. I don't know. Uh, Cody Bellinger is there. He's right smack in the middle. He's fifteenth lowest Babbitt. He's got a two thirty five so Babbitt. Fifteen. Is more than one and two. Yeah. Sure. If that's if that's how you want to count it, um, you can take that one. Um, <laughs> he is hitting two thirty one on the year with a two thirty five Babbitt. So, it's also not great. Some of some of the other names, which you probably won't be so surprised to hear, are just players who are normally pretty good who have just had awful seasons. So Anthony Rizzo, and Matt Olson, third and fourth there, both with super low Babbitts. Um, Carlos Santana as well uh cole calhoun eduardo escobar the diamondbacks have just been atrocious this year and that probably isn't helping that their babips are so low why did they sign bumgarner that's a good question you might have to ask somebody in the diamondbacks front office about that one um yeah and some like some other really good players here brian reynolds from last year who had a really he's a really good hitter last year and just off a cliff with the 220 Babbitt, uh, that'll that'll hurt you. Um, Pete Alonzo, Max Kepler, Kyle Schwarber, to name a few more. Um, George Springer, 
Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado in Coors Field is the 18th lowest Babbitt. What's going on there? That's that's pain. unusual. Unusual for sure. So pain is going on. Pain, pain. You know, Coors Field really like if you haven't if you haven't watched a game at Coors Field recently, like on TV anyway, like you can really really see the the effect that it has on on batted balls there. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, you know that, that's known statistically, but if you haven't caught a caught a Rockies home game in a while, maybe. Maybe you try to tune into one because it's insane. All right, let's let's do pitchers now. So, for for BABIP being unlucky for pitchers, it'll be the highest BABIP against. So, um, we'll do the same thing, just back and forth. We'll start with you, Ray. Who has the highest BABIP among qualifying starters? Highest BABIP among qualifying starters. Um. I, I have no idea where to go with this. Uh, Luis Castillo. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's fourth. That was that was Ooh. not a bad one. Well, uh, he had a three twenty. Here he has a three twenty nine BABIP on the year, and I will say it's a pretty steep drop off from the top three. He is more than thirty points of BABIP lower than really? than the top three. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening, but uh, let's see if. Rudy can get one of those ones with his his first guess. Rick Porcello. He he's one of them. He is one of them. He has a 363 BABIP, the third highest BABIP against among qualified pitchers. He he's not doing so hot this year, to put it simply. Worst Cy Young candidate of all time, and it still makes me mad. Yeah, Cy Young winner. God, unbelievable. Justin Verlander still fuming. Um. Yeah, so you, Rudy's Rudy's still holding on the lead. Ray, you're gonna have to come up with with one of these these top ones if you want a shot. Um, who do you? Who's your next one, Rudy? We'll we'll snake draft this one too. Uh, I don't know, Mike Fires. Mike Fires, he's fifteenth in BABIP. He's he's pretty reliably always gonna give up a lot of hits and stuff. Uh, 297 BABIP against this year. All right, Ray, who you got next? Hmm. Um, I saw a thing of some guy who has a really high batting average against, but I cannot think even close to who it was. Um, I'm going to go... We just mentioned him. Madison Bumgarner, if he's qualified, um, he might not he be because yeah. I would assume. Can I change it to is... Zach Granke? You can. He's thirteenth. Cool. So just barely above Mike Fires there with a three hundred six bat against. Not awful, but um, very ungranky like numbers this year with the three ninety ERA. Because he's giving away his signs. That's true. He's he's very chatty with the batters. As, as you can tell with the hot mics this year, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go with uh, one more player from you, Ray, and then Rudy to finish it off. Uh, sticking to the theme of like good pitchers who are having off years, I think I could be totally wrong. Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is number two. You you got it. You oh. got above there. 
he has allowed a 364 BABIP against. Yikes. Really unlucky season for him. He's still striking out 12.5 batters per nine in this short sample, but with a BABIP like that, it's not great. 367 ERA for him. Um, yeah, all right, Rudy, you got... I think you have one shot to uh, to beat him here. You have to get the number one guy to, to come up on top on top of this one. So who who Patrick do you think? Corbin. Okay, are, are you cheating? Like, or did you nope. just did you just no? You're just uh. You do a really high ERA, so that's my guess. All right, it is Patrick Corbin. He is the highest Babbitt. Um Two Nationals pitchers leading the way of Babbitt against. He's got a three sixty seven Babbitt against. Um, but Does he has like a six ERA or something. He has a four. He's a four point seven six ERA now. He's yeah. been better lately. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay. Rudy just killed it today. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Rudy pulled out his inner Farboda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really can't really you can't can't guess much better than that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm a little shocked still. I'm gonna have to to recover from that one. Um, some some of the other top guys, Matt Matthew Boyd, who is having a tremendously terrible season with a six nine six ERA, very nice. Um, and a three twenty <laughs> against that. That's a great. That's a great line right there. You have to make that the title for sure. A six nine six ERA, or just very nice. It's very, it is very nice. Um, yeah, some good pitchers in the top 38. There's not that many qualified starters, you know, around baseball, but uh, you know, some some names up there that could definitely be doing better. Um, but some like like you Darvish is is tenth, but he's like one of the best pitchers in, in baseball this year. So I, I don't really know how that works. That, that like, I imagine. Well, I mean, the list is probably like a lot of guys who strike out a lot of batters. So then the balls that do get hit are hits a yeah. lot of the time. Kind of interesting. Him and Hyunjin Ryu both have like identical ERA in FIPS. Like they they're exactly the same. Um Hyunjin Ryu is off by 1000 or yeah, no. 1 He's off by 0. 0.01. He's off. He's a 3 ERA and a 3.01 whip and Darvish has exactly a 2.22 ERA in FIP. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Um but yeah, that's that's it for stack game, and that's gonna do it for for our episode today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. For those of you who stuck around this long, if you did, make sure to rate and comment and review our podcast and 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 do all that. Also, connect with us on social media at Beat the Shift BP on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we'll have some fun stuff there as well. BeattheShiftBaseball.com for podcasts and articles and everything else. And that is it for today. Uh, Enjoy the last week of the regular season, everybody. As always, Rudy. Peace.